Welcome to the Effective Statistician with Alexander Schacht and Benjamin Pieske, the weekly podcast for statisticians in the health sector designed to improve your leadership skills, widen your business acumen and enhance your efficiency. In today's episode number 14, we'll talk about everything to know to provide programs like a pro. An interview with Shafi Chaudhary about principles for good programming. This podcast is sponsored by PSI, a global member organization dedicated to leading and promoting best practice and industry initiatives for statisticians. Learn more about upcoming events at psiweb.org. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Effective Statistician uh, today again with Shafi. Um, and um, last time we talked about how to build your own company and we talked about lots about leadership and these kind of things. If you haven't to listen to this episode, go back in um, your favorite podcast program and check out the other episode with Shafi. It was really, really inspiring and motivational, um, even if you don't want to build your own company. Uh, there were lots of, lots of uh, good ideas in it. But today, we'll actually go over a quick guide to good programming practice. Hi, Shafi. How are you doing today? Hi, Alexander. No, no, I'm doing good. Thank you. <laughs> So good programming practice is something that we probably should use uh, every day. Where is this quick guide actually coming from? Um, it's actually from what I've seen in lots of different companies that you have a big guide of uh, good programming practice that everyone usually has to read when they start. And then it stores on one of these dusty shelves that no one ever looks at. Uh, <laughs> and... Everyone's forgotten by the time they start programming actually what was in there. So what I thought was that actually, how do we resolve this? And so we created a one sheet, which you can actually put. Uh, and with one client, that's what we did. We put it on a, we, lamin we created a laminated sheet, put it on everyone's desk. And it's just a sh small list of things that if you follow these then that will take care of about 80% of your bad programming habits and so on so uh, that's really the aim so you can achieve really good programming practice by following these simple steps as it were so that, that, yeah, yeah. that was really the inspiration so, so we'll break these kind of uh, programming steps down into three parts. First, kind of before you actually get into the details of the programs, what do you do to get started? Then we'll talk a little bit about the programming style, so, so the core part. And once you have done all your programming, what's coming then at the end in terms of uh, checking? So let's dive into the getting started. Um, when I was at programming at university, um, I think there was I was directly going into all the um, data sets and so so on. Uh, but when I actually started in, uh, uh, in the industry uh, and you were actually my teacher there, there were lots of other things and better things to do. 
So, so um, what should we all do when we get started with with, with the programming? Um, I think one of the key things is really to make sure you have an initiation file somewhere. So it's like an autoexec.sas in SAS. Um, or if you have uh, other project uh, folders, then you have in somewhere an initiation file which defines all your lib names, all your options. Um, it says your formats. Um, so I think these are the key things. So if you just put all these in one file, then you don't need to define them in every program. And so that in terms of like, for running the program, this is a, this then is perfect. So you know you have one source. If you need to change where data is coming from, you don't need to change it in lots of places, just one place. And the other thing is when you are writing programs, then if you have you know standard uh, ways of write, writing your header, program header, or writing your comments. That also helps. And these days in SAS, you have uh, abbreviations, which are really superb. So you can have an abbreviation called header. And then as soon as you write that, it brings up the, uh, the st standard header in your program editor. So you don't need to worry about it. It's the same thing for comments, sections. You can create some standard ways of writing so that it helps you to structure the program. So everything's kind of said that you have in more than just one program at the start. All these kind of things would go into these um, auto exit exactly. uh, files. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Very good. And I, I, for example, have even an abbreviation which is called new prog. So when I type that, it sets up my complete program structure. So like with the header, with my name in it, it says, okay, at the top part, you know, get data, you know, get your initial data. Then there's a comments section for processing and then there's a closing section and there's the end of program. So it already feels, gives me this whole structure. So it just makes life a little bit easier. That's really nice to get started. Very, very quick, not just from a, Blank, blank, yeah, exactly. <laughs> blank screen. Yeah, yeah. So um, now let's get into the next part, which is the programming style. What's your um, first guide on that? Um, the thing that I always uh, tell people is that there are two key th key things that you must remember when you start programming any program. It doesn't matter. One that the, it will have to be changed. <laughs> That is a given. And then second is that it might need to be changed either by someone else later on or you in a year time, in a year's time. Can you remember this program in a year's time? Why? What are you doing in it? What are the different parts doing? So if you keep these two things in mind, then that will help you to write comments and stuff better in your program. So the key thing is really, so keep this at the beginning and then start a header. Make sure if you do nothing else, you have a standard program header. And that way, every one of your program will say actually who's created it, when it was created, why it's created. Um, you can add things like, you know, uh, what data it's using, uh, but that can also be solved uh, you know, if you follow the rest of the structure. But at least what you're trying to produce it should be in this program header. 
Yeah, and I think it's a good guidance to imagine that your future self has completely forgotten about your present self. Exactly. <laughs> and we've often come across this where you know, you're looking at programs like, what was I thinking? Why did I do this? And as you say, so much time has gone past. You know, you just need to make sure when you're writing comments, you explain why you're doing something, not just that you're merging this and this, because this they can see. But why are you merging? That's the important bit, especially if it's going to be used somewhere further down the program. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so you need the reasoning to connect the different parts of the, of the bigger programs. Yeah. So, yeah, and the bigger the program, the more comments you should have in your program. to And again, structure the program. So you have a section for at the top of your program where you read in all your external data. It doesn't matter where it's used. Just read it in at the beginning and ideally with a keep statement so that you know what's actually coming in. And what this does is uh, this lets anyone else who takes over your program to really follow it straight away. So they can say, okay, this is where all the external data is coming in. And then you have another section where you do all your processing. And then you have another section where you do all your outputs. So, so basically, you divide all your programs into three parts, input, process, and output. Exactly. Yeah. And when you when you uh, do your output, then again use a keep statement or an SQL statement where you've got all your. Don't just use stars. You name the variables, and that way it's really clear for anyone taking over what is actually being produced at the end. So if it's a data set, if it's an output file, again, of course, that's different. But still, make sure it's clear what is being produced at the end. So in terms of actually writing uh, the code um, and, and the, the formatting of that, do you have any guidance on that? What, what kind of, to make it easy to read? Um, one of the things that I always tell people is avoid putting comments inside uh, data steps. Um, I know that if you have a bit of a long data step, then there's always a temptation to explain what you're just about to do. But what that does is that distracts people from actually seeing what their overall program is doing, what the, what the overall step is doing. So what I would say is put all your comments at the top of the data step. So above the data step, and then you go into the data step and do the things. And where there's different parts, where it's a long data step, then put like star A, star B, star C, and then put the uh, comment in the, again, above the data step with A, merging this and this because of this reason, B, doing this and this, C, following this algorithm, so what this does, it allows people to actually read the SAS code much more clearly, and then they can easily look up to see if there's some parts they're not sure. They can always just like look up and see, ah, yeah, that's what they're doing here. But having too many comments in the programs just makes the programs difficult to read, I mean, like within the data steps. So basically, you have just the kind of tags in the data step, uh, where, where you and and what these tags mean are actually all put together at the top. Exactly. So you can see, okay, in line 20 there's tag A and that does this, and in line 40 there's tag B and this does this, and in line 250 there's tag C and it does that. But you see at 
all at the top and you don't need to kind of scroll through your program to, to see what it all does. Yeah. So this is like for big data steps. So I would actually just put the comments just above the data steps. So not like right at the top of the program, but just above the data steps. But where it's like a big complex program um, or sometimes like big macros and so on, then what I usually have is I have a comment section at the top where I explain what is happening in the different sections of the program so that someone can follow if they need to update something, they know which part of the program to go to. So again, that helps uh, with longer analysis programs, for example. What more do you have in terms of programming style? Um, there's some key things. Like Again, these are basics. Write one statement per line. <laughs> that might sound strange, but some people really write a whole data step in one line. Indent your program. Again, the good programming practice, one of the key things is really how easy is it to read. If you look at a program and it's easy to read, you straight away have more faith in this program. You think, okay, at least this programmer knew what he was doing. It might not be correct and you might need to look into deeper, but you start off with a good understanding, good impression. If you look at a program and it's really structured badly, there's no indenting, there's lots of statements in one line, you straight away start looking at this program with guarded view. It's like, uh-oh, there's going to be problems. And <laughs> it's just in our nature. That's what we'll do. So always write one statement per line and indent. So, you know, you indent so that things are lining up. If you like, if you have a do loop where your do starts and where it ends, make sure everything inside is indented. And again, be consistent. So that is really important because I've seen people indenting two characters in some places, th three in others and four in others. And that's also not helpful. So if you indent two spaces, then always indent two spaces. And that makes, again, makes a huge difference when it comes to reading programs. Of course, you also need to make sure each of your data sets, they have meaningful names so that when someone looks at that data set, they know what it means. They know what, what something about the data that's contained inside. Um, and if you are much more uh, experienced, and you can even go for what, you know, which part of the program it's in or what function it's doing. But that's much more later. But on a general level, just make sure every data set has a different name. Yeah, yeah. And 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 not just TMP. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or the number of times I've seen final, final, final. <laughs> or final one, final two, final three. If you, have, if you already have a program and you're updating it, Make sure you stay true to it. You're consistent. If the data set which was final before is no longer final, change its name so that it has something meaningful. And that yeah. way, when someone else is looking at it, they can follow. They can continue to follow this, and it doesn't look like a new program where like it's been updated eight times by eight different people. Yeah, I think. Um, what I learned from you is the, the code needs to be beautiful somehow. So that, and it makes it far easier to actually uh, change. And well, usually these changes are kind of last minute changes and, and uh, under lots of pressure. And then you don't want to 
go in there at 2 a.m. in the morning, worry <laughs> to, to find, oh, where is this data set? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, so, so. the easier it is to read, the better it is both for you, for any reviewer, and increasingly we're having to send programs to the regulatory. So, again, if they open a program, it looks nicely well set out, they'll think, okay, this is a well-thought-out program. And then they will start looking at it with an open and a good impression as opposed to open with a negative impression. Yeah, that's another good point. Yeah, completely agree. So now we have written our code. What do What comes next in terms of checking? You can't really get away from basics. You must check the log for errors and warnings. These are like two of the most basic things. And the number of times I see programs where there are errors and warnings in the log, and then you speak to the programmer and they like explain, ah, that's okay, it doesn't have any impact. You should always try to avoid getting the error or getting the warning, especially warnings. If you can program around it, do that so, so that you avoid these. But there are lots of other things where we need to really make sure we're careful. So things like uninitialized values. It might be because you just haven't set something to missing or something to zero. But it's really important to get rid of this because it could also be you've created, you had a typo. And so you're trying to use a variable which doesn't exist in a formula. So again, if you see uninitialized, resolve it so that the program works without any of these things. Other things like when you're merging data sets, you want to avoid things like repeats of by statement because this like only appears as a note, so it doesn't even appear as an error or warning, but it can actually have really huge uh, significance if you're not careful. So it often happens you get this like during many-to-many -many merge. So you're merging two uh, data sets and say, you know, you have a patient one uh, on two different rows and patient one on two different rows in the other data set. When you merge them together, it doesn't know how to merge it. It might not merge things correctly. So you need to make sure that you don't have these cases. And if you do have these cases and you want to merge it like this, then you should use SQL. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's always kind of, maybe it works with the current data set, but maybe it doesn't with the next exactly. one. <laughs> exactly. You know, we often develop programs on like dirty data. So, and data is always changing until it's, and so you really need to make sure you have your guards about you. Um, and if you're using SQL, for example, make sure that you don't see Cartesian product in your log unless you're expecting it. Again, it's because there's many too many merge and it's and suddenly in, instead of merging two data sets and you ending up with two records, you can be merging two rate data sets and you ending up with four records. So you really have to be careful uh, when you check the log. So the, the, these are really critical parts. I mean, one of the things, again, it's uh, part of me which is very defensive and think actually you should always program defensively. So, you know, you say, actually, if sex is male, then do this, or female, then do that. Um, otherwise, put a message to the log. So, 
don't just assume if it's not male, then it will be female because we've always come across where there's missing values or something else. So it's really important to make sure you program defensively in these cases. Thanks a lot. That was a very nice, quick overview of all the basics uh, that we should all keep in mind when, when we do our programming. Um, and I think having these good habits helps a lot to um, make sure you get things done effectively, not just for yourself, but also for others that later need to work on your stuff. And I think if you need to pick up a program, you also want to have it really nicely structured so that it doesn't take you a couple of days <laughs> to actually understand what the program is actually doing uh, before you can make this little tweak to update the program. Exactly. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot, uh, Shafi, for this uh, short episode. And um, talk to you yep. soon. Thank you, Alexander. We thank PSI for sponsoring this show. Thanks for listening. Please visit theeffectivestatistician.com to find the show notes and learn more about our podcast to boost your career as a statistician in the health sector. If you enjoyed the show, please tell your colleagues about it.